Thank you for downloading Violet Sessions, a series of conversations with creative pioneers. I'm Danielle Rodeutchen, and in this episode, I'm talking to some of the people behind Melt Week London. Taking place in October 2016, Melt is a new endeavour spearheaded by Marine Tongi Artist Agency and is a programme involving artists, corporations and institutions all working together to integrate art into the existing cityscape and make it accessible to all. I sat down with some of the people involved in Melt to discuss the ideas behind it. So welcome to the Violet Sessions podcast for Melt. Today we're coming directly from the offices of MTA Art in central London. Um, we're here to talk about Melt, which is a series of events taking place across London from the 4th to the 8th of October 2016. And um, we're going to talk about it a bit more in a moment. Um, but I just wanted to introduce our panel of wonderful guests that we have here today. Um, so I'd like to start with Maureen Tongi, who is the founder of MTA Art um, and also the brains behind Melt, would you say? Um, well, there's a few of them. <laughs> Hayden behind us, actually, Francesca and Fabio as well. <laughs> so it's going to be really interesting to hear what you have to say about all that. Um, we also have Lauren Gillette, who's the community manager for Camden Collective. Um, and I'm really interested to hear about what you have to say about how you're kind of involved in those events as well. Gretchen Andrew, an artist from California. Um, and I know that you have worked a lot with digital art, especially around Google, Google Glass, um, but you also work with in, in traditional mediums as well, oil painting. Um, and I think at the moment you're working with the artist Billy Childish here in London. Is that still? Yeah, he, going he lives on? out in Kent. I go down there um, to his studio once a week and do like a, I call it like a rogue art school apprenticeship. That, um, but he's my mentor. And um, well, I'm looking forward to hearing about that and then Lenny Dotan is an Israeli artist and architect um, you deal with the reconstruction of traditional narratives in art around art and mythology um, religion and mythology I should say um, and also we have here Tracy Brown who's the owner of Flight Logistics a global courier company which has carved out a niche for itself as the go-to delivery service for art and artists um, so I'd like to start by asking you to explain a bit about your involvement in MELT. Um, it'd be quite nice to kind of explain to anyone who might be listening what it is, um, and then we'll move on to how you're all involved in various ways. Marine, um, you're going to start. So I think um, what we started with MELT is we thought, how can we um, make our artists' work just more integrated into London? Um, I think currently, like I was also at the Museum of London a few days ago, there's a whole um, thinking of how can we make London a cultural model for what's currently happening. And we wanted to make sure that our artists' art could be appreciated, not just from the art world, but from everyone as well. So we got back to a lot of businesses we care about and suggested the idea, which is kind of how it all started. And it's happening, I think we should, it's probably worth mentioning, it's happening at the same time as Freeze. Yeah. And I know that the name you said is a tongue-in-cheek reference to yes, Freeze. Yes, so Water and Danielle thought it will be, um, it will be like a tongue-in-cheek reference to, to Freeze by calling it Melt because um, obviously Freeze is, is much more inspiring to cater to the art world specifically. Um, and our idea is that as much as we will be you know, engaging the art world, we also want to make sure that we engage Londoners who live and work in London. So that's why. Other people sitting around here 
Um, do you want to talk a bit about how you're involved and how you maybe spoke to Maureen about what you wanted to do and how you first got involved in the project? Lauren, you could talk a bit about from the Camden Collective point of view. Yeah, so Camden Collective is um, a regeneration project that houses creative startups, um, Marine's company MTR being one of them. So when Marine initially approached me to see if we wanted to be one of the organizations that um, is involved in MELT, we thought it would be a great idea, a great way of engaging the community and bringing art to people, which is really what we're trying to do with Collective as well in a greater sense with creative startups. So we are going to have um, an image put on the facade of our building, which would be kind of a public installation so everyone can kind of come and see uh, what's out there, what's happening right now. And this is also the first time. It's like the inaugural melt. So, yes, I think this is the first time that something like melt is being run. Um, And it's the hope that it's going to be... A regular event. Yeah, so I think for, from, our, from our end, we want to show that businesses do support creatives. And as it's not just thing as a divide between creativity and businesses. And actually, a lot of businesses we deal with on a daily basis are generally super excited about having creatives working with them. And that's kind of... So Mel could have a yearly evolution and grow as a bigger project, including more creative companies as well. But it could also just be that those businesses and and more businesses take on creatives for specific projects or actually to have them in their offices more, to have more pub- support more public art projects. So it's kind of, in my head, um, you know, tightening the dialogue between that generation of artists with the businesses that, you know, that supports London currently. Gretchen, would you say that that's something that you agree with? Yeah, absolutely. I think um, for me, what I like about Melt is that it's not set in opposition to Freeze. It takes advantage of the excitement that's around Freeze, the people that come into town. Someone said to me when I told them I was coming here, they were like, so it's kind of like off Freeze. And I was like, yeah. No, it's it's adding value always. I think we're more, that's what Gretchen was saying, is is we're more towards adding values Mm. than being against. Um, Sorry, I interrupted you. Yeah, there's a whole bunch of... um, other things that go on during freeze and take advantage of that same energy. And I think um, something I've really found with being in London is that, like, you know, if it takes like a, a village to raise a child, it takes a really, really big city to raise an artist, um, at least in the way, in the way that I work, like, um, you know, always moving studios and residencies and finding a way to like keep this going. Um, Melt is for me a very like public celebration of that. My work um, is very, internal in the way that like I go to my studio I spend all day by myself I love that Um, and one of my events that I'm doing um, during melt at the ace hotel looks at it's just a quick talk on how I feel art allows the opportunity to escape from yourself in a way that is constructive and deals with otherness that isn't as related to escapism as distraction consumerism and so for me this public event that is melt is literally pulling me out of my studio putting me into public and then in that public talking about how removing yourself from the public can engage with it in that contradiction mm-hmm. and it's actually really interesting that you bring that up because that's a very big part of what this melt festival is isn't it it's kind of this idea of interaction uh perhaps introducing art to people who may not normally engage with it on a daily basis so all the events are free and is accessible for everyone and the fact that we've created a digital map which actually is literally just launching today um is just so that there's no barrier if you want to actually attend those events you can and and for the artists that can have a direct engagement whoever will come 
uh, to the events, which is kind of the thinking behind it. Maybe we should talk this, at this point a bit more about the digital map as well. The reason um, it's probably interesting is for people who are listening will be able to look at it online. Yeah. So how would they find it first? So it's going to be on the website, and it's, we've we've the done Melt a, website, uh, the MTR website, and then it has a own Mail page. What our obsession was for this year um, is we didn't want to go for an app because a lot of my friends are in tech, and they say that app are difficult to download and to access information on them, and it we want it to be very clear and simple. So there's mobile responsiveness um, and there's also the, the map at, on the website. Um, you have a quick introduction of all the events. You have uh, why each partner supports it. Um, you have the project of the artist and then you have the works. Basically what we thought is how can we reduce the content to be just you know easily to be engaged with um but very so anyone can access says, the map and find yeah. out which events are happening where yeah go and join in are there. all the events are free we spend time even calculating how long it takes you by car the car parks and the bicycles so you have pretty much no excuses how to get there but we've spent all that time calculating it mm. amazing um and it'd be interesting to hear from you tracy um, about your involvement in the event, especially because you're coming at it from, I think, quite an interesting angle, which is this practical side and providing a service which, if you weren't there to do it, this probably couldn't happen. No, we've, uh, we, we supported Marine through Freeze New York earlier in the year. And as a company, we're really interested in making art much more accessible to everybody um, and getting past this kind of elitist, historical, sort of slightly elitist um, perception of it with some people. Um, so we've got a couple of projects of our own, um, but obviously we spe uh, specialise in shipping and packing. Um, Marine's actually got an artist working on packing crates that we've recycled, um, which is going to be really interesting. We haven't seen any of the... Uh, we haven't seen how that's getting on at the moment, but those will be on display um, at one of the venues. Uh, we're moving pieces around for them, and the vehicles we're using to move the art around are actually vehicles that we've had um, wrapped in another artist's artwork. And that was um, a project that we've got on the go at the moment with three more vehicles coming in November, and we're going to open that out to other artists and see if they'd like... Uh, to have artwork on those vehicles. And those vehicles are going around London anyway, uh, bringing street art and other forms of art to more people. It's literally on wheels. Um, so we're very happy to support the principles of melt generally. Amazing. And Lenny, but I would love to hear about what, what you're doing as part of melt. Yeah, I um I'm working in between art and architecture and for me it was very appealing to uh, make a site-specific project uh, outside of a gallery space or a traditional uh, artistic space and uh, yeah making a project for so what, the So what, what is the project? It's a kind of a sculpture uh, that melts two mediums uh, photography and um, wooden traditional sculpture in a church, <laughs> an amazing church. How do people experience it? Um, so basically the viewers will uh, go around the sculpture 
and it's made out of two pieces, and uh, the the perspective of the viewer will change, and in one point the two sculpture will be merged into one, and uh, the narrative will be built by the viewer. So it will constantly change. The narrative will constantly change by the the viewer um, while walking through the space. Is it the first time you've done something that is of this uh, nature? Yeah, yeah, I love trying new things, but uh, it made it based on a, a previous um, work. It's based on a mother and child um, uh, narrative. Uh, a, a, on sacrifice, the, the theme is sacrifice, and um, for me, coming from Israel, it's a it's a big question and taboo that uh, I'm trying to expand and explore. And I hope this uh, new work will bring something new to this exploration. Mm. Thank you. Um, I'm also interested in speaking a little bit more about this idea of integration and how, um, you know, you've spoken a little bit about it, Lenny, just then, mm -hmm. but how uh, all the events and artworks, all the events taking place in the artworks are all uh, about making sure that um, people can sort of interact with them in some way or see the process, at least, of how those things are created. And it's kind of a response to digital art, would you say, um, why was that important for this particular series um, of events? I think so. Um, the core of the artists we deal with is um, they develop their own techniques. So, I mean, the two of them we have today uses techniques that just they were never used before, and they develop their processes in that sense. So, when you see the final artwork, it's always been frustrating for me because I'm just like, there's just so much more to say because you just you look through it like you look at an iPad really quickly, but actually there's just so much story. Like I've seen them should try on error almost in a scientific way. It's just getting to that technique. Um, so I think there's something educational um, about having more the artist on site and about, um, you know, engaging the process. And we spend a lot of time crafting the texts behind the artistic projects. It's just, I, you know, I think for mind, I just want people to realize that um, as much as we have that furtive, digit, you know, digital embracement of artworks, which is super fast and we see images and we choose them, there are some works that are produced over a very long time. Like the crates, for instance, that um, Tracy was mentioning, uh, the poor wheel has been in his garden for the past two months, like nonstop on it. And I think, and, and we've been part of this, and I think I would like for people to just realise, you know, how much thought is going into it, how much process is going into it, and how much they create it, um, which I think is difficult because people are used to see images more than going in depth into how they're being made. For me, the, this whole idea of being able to share process through new technologies is related to the way that I tie tradition to something. I don't use Google Glass anymore, but I use wearable cameras, different GoPros and things. Um, and what that does is I can share the artwork as it's created, the physicality of the artwork, especially as it moves into the digital. I'm going to be projecting some of that at Miranda in East Hotel. And um, that's artwork is an extremely mysterious process to me. The more I make it, the more I think it has mystery. And um, my favorite paintings, like I like people like Gustin, I love my mentor's work, Billy Childish. All of their marks recall their making. They're not these blended, smooth paintings. You know, like you can't necessarily look at a Gustin and say, oh man, I know how to do that. But you can pick apart every single brushstroke because it's put there and then it's not messed around with. 
And so as much as that's part of how I paint, by recording myself making my paintings, by taking that private moment, by making it public, it is this doorway into where people can say, okay, I both understand more about how this was made and I understand less about how it's made. Or at least that's been my experience watching myself do it. There's, by revealing everything you can about the process, I think the mystery and the magic of it becomes so much more evident. And um, it's that just resonates so well with everything that Maureen was saying with Mel. I completely agree. I think you have that fear that if you explain things and how brilliant the technical people will be, that the magic would disappear. But I think it doesn't. And I know all the techniques very well now. And it doesn't. It actually reinforces it. Because you still cannot reproduce it, but you now appreciate even more the value of making it. So... I think it's quite a modern idea, isn't it? This idea of pulling back the curtain or using social media um, to pull back the curtain on processes, whether it's an art or fashion or design. Um, and I know, you know, something that that novelist Brett Easton Ellis has talked about quite a lot. He has this idea of what he calls post pre-empire and post-empire. Um, and so this idea that with post-empire... Um, celebrities reveal everything about their lives. Um, and I suppose a part of that is, um, you know, artists really can show what the process is, and certainly with fashion, designers can show now uh, via their Instagram account or what have you, um, the process of how they arrive at a design, or they can almost involve their audience in decision-making by saying, which colour swatch do you think I should choose? Or, and that almost becomes a part of the process itself. I think the other thing about sharing process is you can communicate intentionality. You might not like someone's art, um, but to know... Um, viscerally the way they considered it. it. That to me is something that separates art from everything else in the world is it's the intentionality put behind it. Lenny, is that something that you find you like to do to share the process of how you're creating? Well, it's as always you a question for me, yeah. It's something that um, uh, I'm now working on a PhD and it's a practice-led PhD. So it, it is a question how much to share the process and how much to live for the magic, as Marin uh, previously said. But uh, the more I dig into uh, sharing, I find it very um, nice. And uh, lo- uh, there is a lot of uh, relief in that, because I think being an artist is a very lonely uh, place and uh, way of living. As you said, uh, you are alone at the studio doing your work and... Um, yeah, it's quite a relief to share your process with uh, your colleagues and uh, with viewers and yeah, with other people from the art And is that via, are you talking about sharing via social media? Is that how you... Well, it can, yeah, it can be. For me, I have to say that I'm quite shy in social media. It's a, a bit intimidating, but Maureen helps me. <laughs> so, yeah, it, it's a new, it's a new uh, area for me. But, uh, yeah, and it's is that great. something, um, Lauren, for, for Mel, do you think that the social media element is something that's important? Yeah, I think um, Tracy touched on earlier the elitist history of art. I think this is kind of breaking down those barriers even more. So allowing people not only to have access to these open exhibits in a free collection of ways, but also being able to share within the process that allows them to contextualize it even further and allows them to feel that they can understand things a bit more that may have been a bit 
you know, not uh, kind of closed off to them before. Now it's, um, it's including them in the process and in the art itself. Hmm. And have you, how are you, I'm just thinking from a practical point of view, or indeed for anybody who might want to be, who might want to follow what everyone's doing. Don't, just mad. <laughs> 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 Lauren, is that, you know, there, are there a specific social media accounts or... I know there's the map, but are there other ways? Um, I think we've done um, a video through So It Goes magazine, so we've been shooting and filming, so that's going to be released. So you can have loads of little clips in the actual video. Um, plus the whole event will be turned into a very short film as well through So It Goes magazine. Um, obviously you're doing the podcast, which will be shared as well, that's the audio. Um, Maria, which is why we hear a lot of click, 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 is done a hell of a lot of visuals for us too. Um, and then, yeah, and Fabio's designed quite a lot of already mock-ups uh, to encourage. Um, I think for us after that, it's just, uh, I hope people enjoy the events and, and simply just share this on social media. And for us, that's what we created, Powered by Artists, hashtag, is that we can hopefully get all that experience back because we're only just putting out there a bit of excitement. But I'm hoping that will be embraced by the people that would attend the events at that point and then they can take over pretty much on, on the hype of social media. What do you think? What's the aim with Melt? Where are you hoping to take it eventually? Um, Have you, any of you, thought about that or discussed it? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, please, just talk for me. Uh, what do you think? Uh, for me, as an artist, um, <laughs> it's it's about uh, being uh, public and engaged in a community that's been really supportive to me. And I mean, that includes some things that are happening with Freeze. That includes things happening with Melt. Then it's just. Um, I just got this amazing new studio through um, this digital gallery I work with called Arbite, and um, I'm going to have an open studio. They've just made great new studio space in Clerkenwell, and um, it's about opening that up to the public and saying, hey, this is what's going on. This is what you guys support me, family, friends, people who follow me on social media, um, taking a time that isn't necessarily an exhibition to I don't know, celebrate that, I guess. Yeah, I think that the world community is very strong. I think it's just also, we always say this and it doesn't sound tragic, but I think um, real estate pricing have been very tough on our generation. So I've been, um, you know, farms, cooling fees. And as we know, like we're all entrepreneurs, it has been difficult, I think, to yeah, build a business, build um, an artist's career. Or, like, I think it's just London and New York are expensive in that sense um and i think rather than turning into something tragic i think you know that has become way to rethink how it was done before um and i think it's quite nice to say that you can still celebrate things you can still do things we just have different tools um but technically it's still going on um and I think for our generation, that's, that's just quite positive. Um, and it's not just us. There's a lot of people that are just rethinking the way things are. And a lot of the companies included into um, Melt are companies that have showed that they think outside the box. You know, they do things that are just not in their comfort zone. Um, like collectors that show this, flight logistics that show this as well as integrating arts in into just what normally someone will think of a traditional shipping company, but we also have um, BioBean and tech companies that have taken part in it. And I think that's very positive. I think after all the talks we hear about how tragic life seems to be for the past few months, we have companies and businesses showing, hey, 
um, they let's just look at a different way to do things and let's do it together. And, and as we're saying, embrace the idea of communities. So, so when, when you say the tragedy of the last few months, I assume you're referring to Brexit. Yeah. And I was actually interested. <laughs> I in, didn't um, want to say the word. I was being very polite about I was, it. I said something. <laughs> I'm, I'm interested particularly to hear from Tracy and also about this, but um, just the effects of... On, on, a, on things like this, but also and on business, and especially on a business that, is, uh, that deals with art and the art industry. Um, have you, what changes have you seen, and what are your thoughts on it? Well, we haven't actually seen any changes at all at the moment. For, art, for us, art is still a massively developing uh, market. And I actually think that once we got over, I mean, the, the day of Brexit was shocking. We spoke, I spoke to Maureen and various other people because we were only here the night before celebrating your anniversary. Um, so the results of the vote were quite shocking, I think, to a lot of this community. But then it presents a challenge. And when you're challenged, you become more creative. So I actually think that it, it will be a spur to creativity and everybody will get past it. And I think, I think the whole melt thing actually can be, will be a very liberating experience as well for artists and the audience, hopefully, because the artists are sort of peeling away some of the layers and actually making themselves quite vulnerable in that sense. Um, but sometimes that's what the audience needs to see. Lauren, is that something that you would agree with or have there been talks in your office about that kind of thing and how it will affect artists and art communities? Uh, yeah, I think it's definitely something that people have been talking about, people are concerned about, and especially when it first happened. I think now when a lot of it has died down a bit and we've had a chance to look at it clearly, we can see that, as Tracy said, this is a time for us to think more creatively to overcome these challenges. And I think that's why it's so important to have um, things like Melt to bring communities together and realize that... Um, that having a collective group of people is much stronger um, and having people feel that they can be um, invited and accepted and included in this greater community is something that will persist beyond any, any Brexit fears. Is there any comments from the artists around this table about Brexit or how that might affect things or your work? I'm American, so I've been about to leave this country every three months for the past three years. Um, but the, um, I, I think that there's, I, I, in the interview I just did with Maureen um, in her newsletter, I said that I have this powerful, amazing team of heroes that's staying one step ahead of like, global economic forces. And that's studio space, that's keeping my practice afloat, um, and I won't ever discount how extremely lucky I feel, but I do also... I, I used to work in, in tech, and I used to live out in San Francisco. And just like I think in downturns of VC investing and um, hard economic times, the big thinking, serious companies come out of it. And um, I, I don't think less, you know, less sort of, you know, 80s money in art is a bad thing for it um, all of the time. Do you think it will inspire burst of new creativity I think the creativity in, in how you make it happen, something as a painter that I've um, disparaged of seeing is how many studio spaces get converted into co-working spaces and how um, 
to find the space to do a craft like painting is very difficult, whereas something like net art and digital art becomes more accessible just because of the constraints. I don't think artists pick medium with as much freedom as they would with space and non-constraints. But then again, like net art is some of the most interesting stuff going on today. So um, I don't really know what will happen with Brexit. I don't know how much longer I'll be in this country, but um, it's sort of like blow after blow. You realize like um, it's not like your practice isn't going anywhere. Like it's going to change. You might need a part-time job. You might need to adapt in a different way, but um, I don't know. I'm young and I feel like the goal is to do this for my entire life. So each problem is just more experience and you know, keeping up the opportunity to just get to make work. Lali, have you had any conversations with friends or have you had any thoughts? Yeah, for sure. It was a, a bit of a shock, this uh, Brexit uh, situation. And uh, yeah, coming from outside of the UK, from Israel, and uh, dealing with the idea of nationalism, which is also a big issue for me as an Israeli. Uh, it brought up to the surface many concerns that I came with from Israel, and I thought here it will be different, and in three years' time, things have changed com completely. So, yeah, I felt a bit... Um, you know, first of all, that Israel is not the only one, the only country that uh, deals with um, nationalism. And, um, yeah, in, in terms of practice, I'm not sure how much it will affect my practice, but it probably will change the way we live. The economy will, um, you know, make things different for artists, which is already hard to be an artist. <laughs> Yeah, and um, I'm not sure creativity for artists is something that we just have. So we will put a mirror. I think as a, we, we have to put some mirrors for the society and to see the, how they, to see the implications of uh, Brexit and uh, to be there for society. Mm, it's really L interesting. Lenny, I'm, I'm curious. Sorry, I'm curious about something you just said about this, like sort of this nationalism in the way that it does relate to the arts. You know, we have things like the Venice Biennale where it's, you're the Icelandic artist and um, it's one of the first things galleries will so, sort of list, like American artist. And, um, you know, I was born in America. My mentor's a British artist. I, like, love everything the Germans paint. Like, it, it because of the way the world is, this nationalizing of identity as artists, and I think you might have mm -hmm. more to say to that that's interesting. Um, yeah, I think we are defined by uh, the, the way we came from, and sometimes it's it's great, sometimes um, it's hard. And uh, I, yeah, as I said before, I feel like I came here because I wanted to be part of the, of the world, and not just associated with Middle East, even though my art reflects uh, the wars and uh, conflicts that I, I come from but I want to share it with others and I felt that this is the right place to be so it could be shared and uh, be part of something universal not so local mm -hmm. I think that's um, 
That's a strong point that you see from the creative industry. So um, is that 96% of people just didn't want it uh, from the creative industries. But more importantly is London, is how everyone has become so passionate about London. And I think that's um, one of the speeches of the Museum of London, which is also expanding in 2022, that they were saying, I think that's, that's where... Um, we have to be role model and we have to like it's our role to engage England in that sense and to use the cultural medium to do so um, and you know I think Melt is very much this where we are a table everyone comes from a different place which is completely okay um, and and as you're saying like no one is lined up they're lined up by the medium they did with and and what they want to say about it but there's no nationality lined up and I mean even just a team within our company is just completely different in terms of nationalities which I think that's where I really feel I grew up in over here I think that's where we we've been mixing we've had a lot of chance to mix with so much diversity of thinking and cultures so that's probably why we can cut with events like this because it feels natural still to us so I don't think that's ever going to change um it, it the 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 opposite will feel unnatural I think at that stage um so yeah, thank you. So just before we finish, I wanted to ask you all what you hope that people who come to Melt or access Melt via the map or in some digital form, what you hope that they would take away from it? Um, I hope they can see. So every time I go into an artist studio, every time I deal with them, I think I got that job because it's a bit like being a kid. I think I generally think it's terribly exciting and it has it has that magic and I want to ask loads of questions and I want to stay there. Um, and I hope they can see that the reason why we work nonstop and we care about it is because it is very special. So I hope that someone who would not probably have seen the contemporary outside, a good bit I've seen in that sense, um, wants to come back and read more about it or go more to exhibitions, even if it's just not mailed, but just go back to museums and go back to galleries more or want to ask more questions to the artists. But basically realise that well, either we are mad, but I think there's something very special about, um, you know, artists and the talents that they carry and, and the London cultural scene. Um, and I still have that magic, so I'm, I'm hoping people can, you know, just have the same eyes. And I, every time we put a project up, we all look up to that project and we think, shit, this is incredible. Um, so I hope that they they have the magic that we feel when we surrounded by the art very much. Thank you, Lauren. Did you have anything you wanted to add? I just think that um, what I, my hope for this project is that people can feel welcomed by it, and that I know sometimes if you're if you're not familiar with the art industry, um, it can feel very intimidating. But hopefully, these uh, series of events can show people that it can be welcoming, it can be inclusive, and people can enjoy aspects of art that they wouldn't necessarily have known before. For me, the work that I'll be showing um, deals with uh, something that I think applies very broadly to Melt, which is this idea that um, if you go deep enough into your own head, or an artist goes deep enough into their own head, and what comes out of that is so strange and so weird and so related to them that when you encounter that as art, you're just so aware of otherness, of other people, that people see the world differently than you, that they experience it differently than you, and how amazing is that, that not everyone is the same as you. Um, and if people can experience this art, see the world as a wider and stranger place, um, wider than what freeze might be, then um, I think that we'll have achieved something very cool. Um, for me, I very much intrigued, intrigued with um, Renaissance art and coming from this perspective of uh, art 
architecture, urbanism is all one, uh, and, and, and human beings, uh, it's all one, then MELT provides this uh, lovely combination of um, melting the, the whole mediums into one, and it's almost like a rena renaissance, the renaissance, yeah, uh, yeah today. Um, I'm I'm hoping that the whole experience for everybody, whether they're artists, sponsors, audience, is going to be liberating and in, and inclusive, really. Um, and I'd echo um, the thoughts of the others in that people who are new to art or who think they can't understand art by being involved in this project and by visiting all the different bits and the displays that are on all over London will be able to understand more about why people create art in the first place um, and what it means to them and that they won't feel as um, not excluded but sometimes as we've, we've discussed that already where art historically has been a fairly exclusive club and breaking down those barriers um, is really important and the more the more you do that the more support you're going to get as as an industry uh, as artists together uh, and that will enable everybody to be, you know, more creative rather than less creative and increase uh, the appeal of art, I think, to everybody, um, whether they're buying it, whether they're just looking at it um, or whether they're going to go away and create something themselves. That's wonderful. Thank you very much. So thank you very much to our panellists, Maureen Tongi, Lenny Dutton, Gretchen Andrew, Tracy Brown and Lauren Gillette. I'm Danielle Rodeutchen and this has been Violet Sessions. That was Violet Sessions in conversation with the organisers of Melt Week London. I'm Danielle Rodeutchen and thanks for listening. You can follow us on Instagram, download the previous episode and stay tuned for more conversations with creative minds coming soon. 